Well, I'm looking forward to uh, sharing the Word of God with you today. If I could ask you, please, to find your places. and just want to say again how happy we are that you're joining us online here today. And, uh, you know, if you want to grab an extra cup of coffee, get your Bible out. just want to encourage you to engage with the Word of God today. And, uh, you know, uh, Jesus talked about the soil and the fact that we have a responsibility to take all the distractions away and, and to be uh, deep in our hearts, to let the, the Word of God come deep and be planted. Uh, so I just want to encourage you with that. and Let's just get ready to hear the Word of God today. We're continuing our series on, uh, from Ephesians and, you know, talking about the glory of God, grace and glory. And if you uh, missed it last week, Pastor Matt just, uh, just hit it out of the park with his message on being strong in the grace of God. And it's really worthwhile. If you missed it or if you want to hear it again, you can find it online on our, on our website, on our YouTube channel. I uh, want to encourage you to listen to that one right uh, as soon as you can. It would be a great blessing. But we're starting in Ephesians chapter 4, so we are, we're, we're getting closer. We're getting closer to the end. We're right in the middle of the book here in Ephesians 4, and I'm looking forward to this. We're going to be, in a minute, we're going to be reading the Scripture for 16 verses. We're going to read it all, and, uh, and then we're going to uh, just talk about a few of those things, and then we can close and I'll go home. <laughs> have lunch. So it'll be great. So uh, again, thank you for being here on uh, this spring, spring ahead morning. Uh, you got here. Way to go. Congratulations. Um, if you don't happen to know who I am, I, I guess Pastor Matt introduced me before, but my name is Mike Schroeder, and I serve as one of the pastors here. It's so cool to be part of this church with such a great history. Thanks, Sharon, for that word. Uh, I, I, it had slipped my mind that we were involved with that radio station, but I'm so grateful that you brought that forward. And what a wonderful legacy to be part of uh, Life Church. And some of you are new to this, um, never were part of things back in that day, but you know what? We're still part of the same organization and we're moving forward, and uh, we have a great foundation and we have a great future in God. And actually, today we're going to be talking about. The church, not only the local church, but the church around the world. However, when we think about the church around the world, we can't forget that we're part of a local church. We're part of a family that is that is here, that God is doing something, and it's so important. So let's dig right in here to Ephesians chapter 4, and, um, and I just want to read one word. Okay, we're just going to start, we'll start with one word, then we're going to pray. Therefore, okay? So whenever you see the word therefore, you have to find out what it's there for. <laughs> it's not rocket science. We just need to know. And so the whole three chapters prior and all the sermons that you've heard in the last few weeks, that's what he's, that's what he's talking about because of those things. But if we just look at the last couple of verses of chapter 3, he says, Now to him who's able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us, 
To him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. And so God is able to do more than we can imagine. What can you imagine today? Can you imagine, uh, can you imagine someone being healed from COVID? Can you imagine you know, someone being raised from the dead? Can you imagine those things? Can you imagine 40 people coming to Christ this week? <laughs> can you imagine the war stopping in, in Europe? Can you imagine those who are being trafficked today as we speak uh, around the world out of Africa and, and out of uh, South Asia, that they find freedom? Can you imagine these things? God is able to do more than that. So we don't give up and we don't lose heart. And therefore, and here's Paul, he says, I am a prisoner. And he's sitting in a Roman prison. I, and, you know, it could have been house arrest. We're not exactly sure how it all happened. We do know that there was a time when he was on trial. And we do know that, as he said in the book of Timothy, I was rescued from the mouth of a lion. Now, that is a euphemism for I was spared. My life was spared. But it's not just a euphemism. It is actually something that, you know, he was at risk of being thrown into the Roman Colosseum and literally been uh, devoured by lions. Like that's the kind of lifestyle he had. That's the kind of situation he was in. And he says, therefore, remembering all that awesome, uh, all that awesome inspiration, he says, therefore, I am a prisoner of the Lord Jesus Christ and I'm begging you. I'm begging you. So let's just pray and find out what he's begging them to do, all right? Heavenly Father, thank you for your word today. Thank you that you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. And we receive you, we receive your word, we open our hearts in Jesus' name. Amen. He says this, Therefore, I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, I beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling. For you have been called by God. Always be humble and gentle and patient with each other, making allowances for each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the Spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. For there's one body and one Spirit, just as you've been called to one glorious hope for the future. There's one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is over all, in all, and living through all. Verse 7. However, he has given each one of us a special gift through the generosity of Christ. That's why the Scriptures say, when he ascended to the heights, he led a crown of captives and gave gifts to his people. Notice that it says he ascended. This clearly means also that Jesus descended to our lowly world, and the same one who descended is the one who ascended higher than all the heavens so that he, that he might fill the entire universe with himself. Wow. Now, these are the gifts that Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers, and their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. And this will continue 
until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown away by every wind of new teaching. We'll not be influenced when we, people try to trick us with lies so clever that they sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of the body, the church. Jesus makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. It's interesting to me out of all the things, out of all the things that Paul could have talked about when he talked about therefore and the majesty of God's work and God's glory and God's greatness as described in chapters 1, 2, and 3 of Ephesians, that he goes right down to the nitty-gritty and talks about unity and ministry and maturity as individuals and as a church. And that's what the title of this message is. It's a call to unity, to ministry, and maturity. All right, so let's go through this. Now, first of all, at the beginning of this passage, it talks about walking worthy and, uh, and talking about unity and how to achieve unity. And you'll see a picture uh, of my wife and I with sunglasses on. I was going to bring my sunglasses, and I thought, no, I'm not going to bring my sunglasses. And I don't always like to have my picture with my sunglasses on, but that particular day, whenever it was, we needed them. And so we have a picture. And, you know, this, is, this uh, affects, sunglasses affect how you see things. They give you the ability to uh, perhaps uh, not be impeded you know, by the strong rays of sunshine so that you can see clearly. And that's the perspective uh, that I want to talk about here. We need to see the church in a context and from a presupposition of unity. Okay? We aren't attempting to bring the church to unity. The church is united, we have to preserve the unity. It can be fractured, but the church was not born divided. The church was born united. And if you, if you look at, you know, verse 4, it says there's one body, one spirit, one hope, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father who's over all. You know, every flavor of Christianity has so much more in common than what divides. And the things that we have in common with other Christians and other believers are more numerous and more important than what divides us. The things that divide us, you know, there was a great division, and here we are in British Columbia uh, in, in the month of March. Is it the 13th today? Is that the date? March 13th, 2022, about to the day just about, you know, COVID arrived two years ago. 
And the church has been divided over all kinds of things. Uh, the church has been divided over interpretations of, of who the Antichrist is and the mark of the beast. And uh, there's been all kinds of division there. We've even been divided over masks. Think of it. We've allowed that little square to bring division. And here we are today in British Columbia on the first Sunday where we're not required to have masks. And some of us have masks on and came in with masks. And that's okay, but I just love seeing your faces. Someone said, did you just grow that beard? Uh, because you didn't, want to, you didn't want a mask on. And I, actually, this, was, this came uh, when I broke my shoulder a couple of months ago. That's when I started this. But one of these days, it'll come off. But I, it's so nice to see all of your faces. You look good. You look great. And uh, if, you're, if you are at, at home and you're still a little um, tentative about getting together because of COVID, and it's a very real thing, we don't believe that COVID is, uh, you know, a conspiracy theory uh, or a conspiracy. Uh, there's people that have actually been suffering with COVID, including someone, my wife, very close to me, just this week contracted COVID, of all things. You know, <laughs> it was ironic. The very first day we didn't have to wear masks was Friday of this week. And that's the day that I had to wear a mask in my own house. Go figure. Anyway, she's going to be fine. She's, she is struggling, but she's going to be fine. We believe that. But these very simple things that are so powerful and so important to our Christian life and to our Christian character. He says, I beg you, I beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling. And of course, that means go out and preach the gospel like Billy and Franklin Graham and, and be as good as Mother Teresa. No. He says, be nice, be kind, be patient, be loving. Be humble. Always be humble <laughs> and gentle. And I was reading the definition of gentle. And of course, you, you know, Jesus was gentle. And uh, of course, he's also the one that took, a, took the whips and, you know, kicked people out of the temple. But he was a gentle person. Gentleness, as defined in the scriptures, it's this. Always angry at the right time and never angry at the wrong time. And so we're not angry because of ourselves. We're angry because of righteousness. We're not angry because, uh, you know, we're, you know, we can't find a parking place. You know, we're angry at things that are worthy of anger. God is angry at sin every day. But we, of course, don't take things into our own hands, right? But we have to be humble and gentle and patient. Making allowances for each other's faults. I, I know that you all are really good at that, and I'm helping you because of all of my faults, and you are overlooking them. So I'm very grateful for that. Verse 3, it says this, Make every effort... Make every, we always talk about how that, you know, it's not up to me. It's, oh, it's all about Jesus. You know what? Jesus isn't going to make every effort for you. You have to make every effort for something. And we're supposed to make every effort to keep yourselves united in spirit. Work hard at it. Maybe it takes work. If it takes work, if someone annoys you, that's your chance. 
to make every effort to keep the unity in faith. Amen. Thank you. Yeah, that is a good word. It's right there in the Bible. <laughs> now, the second section of this is talking about gifts, and I've got another photo here, and some of you might be hockey fans. I had a football picture. I thought, no, I should use the Canucks. I mean the Canucks, because, you know, after all, it's, it is a hockey town, right? It's a hockey country. But um, there's a lot of spectators in sports, okay? As I understand it, there's usually there's six players on each team. That'd be 12 on the ice. And there's now, you know, up to 18,000, 17, 18, 19,000 spectators. And the church is not meant to be made up of spectators. We're going to talk about champions and leaders in the church, but that doesn't mean the rest of us are meant to be the spectators and we leave the ministry up to the people that are, you know, up front and the leaders and, and all of that. It, it's meant to be something that we all are in together, participants together. Verse 7 says this, he has given, excuse me, he has given each one of us a grace, a special gift through the generosity of Christ. And uh, in, in a good way, you are gifted. You are a gifted person. And I want you to think about that for a second. And now I want you to smile at me and say, I am gifted. Okay, one, two, three, go. I am gifted. Yes, each one of us is gifted and not gifted for ourselves. I was talking to someone earlier and, and uh, you know, we were talking about how that, you know, how, are you feeling, I, they were asking me if I was excited to preach and to, to be honest, I wasn't feeling it. I mean, I was looking forward to it. I knew it was going to be awesome for me and I hope it's going to be awesome for you. <laughs> But we're gifted not for ourselves. We're gifted to exercise that gift and be part of the answer. Be part of the work of God to make every effort to do the stuff. Our gifts are for giving out. Our gifts are for blessing others. Now, of course, you'll be blessed, I promise, as you give from your gift. And it there's a little parenthesis here, and it's, it's not that it's not important. It's just that we don't have time. And I'm not going to read those verses, but let's jump in again at verse 11. And there's different lists of gifts in the Scriptures. And this list of five, four, five gifts, four and a half, <laughs> this list of gifts is a list of gifts from Jesus to the church. Now, in, in 1 Corinthians, you might remember there's a gift, a list of gifts, actually two lists in chapter 12, and they are the gifts of the Holy Spirit to the church, and they look quite a bit different from this list of gifts. And that's because these gifts are actually in the form of people to the church for the purpose of helping the church function in their gifts. And so here it goes here, verse 11. Jesus, I, I love this 
it, it says, he himself, now that's, that's the New Living Translation, your scripture, your, your translation may not say it, but in the Greek it actually, it, it refers to how that, you know, Jesus didn't just sign a document and have some of the angels deal with it. Okay? Jesus did this himself. He gave gifts to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. Now, the grammar there, some people think that pastor-teacher is one gift as opposed to two. And I don't want to get into that. I actually believe it's five gifts, but some people think that it's only four, and that's okay. We're not going to divide over that. Thank you very much. Let's not divide over these things. This might be a little bit challenging for you. I believe today there are apostles, and today there are prophets, and today, maybe a little easier to figure out, we have evangelists and pastors and teachers. And so, of course, in our church culture, anyone who's any one of these things usually, often, not usually, yeah, probably usually, is called pastor. You know, even if it's an apostle, they call him pastor, or if it's a, if it's a prophet. And I, I've known prophets that have been trying to function as pastors because we don't, we don't support prophets in churches the way maybe we should. And so what's ca it caused a lot of problems because they expected the prophet person to be like a pastor when he wasn't. He was a prophet. And so then they were disappointed that he didn't treat him like a pastor would. Well, that's because he's not... He's not a pastor, he's a prophet. Anyway, I digress. But we believe as a church, we believe in what we call the five-fold ministry. Apostle, prophet, pastor, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher. And um, I, I want to just quickly go through this here. And the reason I'm going to go through this isn't just to sort of give you information, which is important. But it's rather, I, I'd like you to think about this whether you're here in, in, at home, and I don't, don't know what camera is. Can you put that camera on, the middle, the middle camera? At home, if you are listening to this, or perhaps on, on your podcast, please listen to this and think about what you can feel like you identify with. Because these are almost like different categories or kinds of ministry that happens in the church. And the first one is the apostle. And that word apostle, it actually means a delegate, someone who's a messenger on behalf of someone else. And the first 12 apostles, of course, uh, were a, a separate kind of definition of this. But there are many other apostles listed in the scriptures, and there are apostles today. In fact, if I may be so bold, uh, as Paul said to Timothy one time in the scriptures, do the work of an evangelist, I personally have done the work of an apostle. I've gone in two different ways. I've gone to a different community and planted a church. Now, it's not just like me alone. And my wife joined me and we had a team. And it's not like, oh boy, look at me. No, it's just that that's, I, I was sent to, to do that. And that's what I did. And also, uh, I've also been in Malawi. And, and uh, I can remember the first time I went to Africa. Uh, it's, it's only, I don't know, 30 don't exaggerate, I think it's only about 38 hours of travel time to get there uh, with all the layovers. It's not 13-hour flight, but it's flight into London, and then you wait, and there's flight to Joburg, and that's, then you wait again, and, and then you drive, you know, along with 
anyway, it's a long drive, and I remember looking at myself in the mirror after I woke up from some, at some strange time because of the jet lag, and I looked at myself, and I, I, had this, I had this buzz cut because, it's a long story, I won't get into it, I had this buzz cut for, for, for myself when I was there, and I looked at myself, and I could hardly, I, I said, who is that? And then I said, I said it out loud. I said, oh God, I am a stay-at-home pastor. What am I doing here? <laughs> but I, I, I went. I was a delegate. I went with a message and a job to do. And, and like I say, I've been back there, uh, I think it's seven times, maybe eight. I can't remember now. Apostle, church planting, church government, having a broad vision. Maybe you kind of relate to that. The second one, prophets. It means to speak forth, to speak out. One who speaks for God. And areas of ministry in the church like prayer and worship and, and just knowing God's heart, these are kind of under sort of the, 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 uh, the, the division or the, uh, the category, that's the word, of prophets. Uh, evangelists, maybe you just get excited about talking about Jesus. Now, we all want to be excited about talking about Jesus, but some people, that's sort of like their, that's, that's their bread and butter. That, they just live and breathe to, to talk, tell people about Jesus, and maybe that's you. Uh, pastors, people who just care for others, and not just care about and say, oh, well, I, I, you know, I'm so, I love you, uh, but it, it's actually actively caring and taking an interest in helping people in the church to find their place and to find their destiny and, and to be blessed and, and cared for in their time of trouble or in, in, in good times. And teachers, maybe you just, you just love studying the Bible. We all should be reading the Bible every day. We all should be doing apostolic work, like having a big vision for the church around the world. And and when we hear about Romania, well, it didn't really affect me today in my life, but I'm excited about it because it's God's work halfway around the world. And we're excited about that. And when we hear about the church doing well behind, you know, behind closed doors in, in China or different, different places, we, we get excited about that. That's an apostolic sort of heart. When we want to hear God's voice and want to do His will and we want to have a word for someone to encourage them, that's kind of moving into the prophetic kind of realm. And when, we, when we're, you know, somewhere and we run across someone who, you know, we really feel like we, it's time to tell them about Jesus, every one of us should be ready for that, to talk about our hope. That's under the sort of the umbrella of the um, evangelist. And when we we're part of a small group, or even leading a small group of people. That's a, a pastoral function. And when we preach the word to one person, you know, explain the, the Bible even to our kids and our grandkids, that's the, the teaching ministry. And so where do you fit in? Where is it that God wants to equip you and me? That's what I, that's what I, I feel like is the sort of central to this particular message today, and that is this there's no, it's not a spectator, I was going to say spectator sport, it's not a spectator thing. The church isn't meant to be spectators. Of course, you're sitting there so nicely, and most of you have your eyes open, you know. That's really good. Thank you for that. 
Some of you can sleep with your eyes open, I can tell. <laughs> but that's okay. Uh, you know, of course, there's a time to listen. But also, it's not meant to be only, well, I went to church and now I'm good for the week. Right? We have a job to do. We all have a part to play. And it goes on to say this. Uh, okay, so the, uh, the maturity part is this. As we... Are, as we grow in our gifting and as we give in our gifting, the church becomes stronger and matures and grows, and then we start, or not start, but continue to mature and grow as individuals. So verse 12, the responsibility of the, uh, of the fivefold ministry is to equip God's people to do his work, build up the church, the body of Christ, and this will continue until we all, okay, that includes me. I'd like you to say that if you would, please. All. That includes me. Now, some of you just didn't want to say that because you just don't like saying things, okay? And, and I'm, I'm just going to ask you, if you would, just to think about this. Does the word all include you? Yes, it does. So let's say it together. That includes me. Till we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring, look at this, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. That's a high standard. You know, sometimes I like to compare myself. I find someone <laughs> that in my own self-centered, you know, bad person head, I don't have the respect for them that, Perhaps maybe I should and don't understand them, but I think they're somehow just a little, you know, a little less in some way than I am. Maybe less, maybe more bad or maybe less good, whatever. So now I compare myself to them and I think, oh, I'm doing okay. I, I don't do that or, uh, you know, I'm not like that. <laughs> and of course, none of us ever think like that. But the comparison is to Jesus, okay? And the standard is Jesus. The standard is measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. So we got work to do. Anybody got work to do personally? At the church, we've got work to do. And we need to achieve that and, and work toward that and not be like children, immaturity. We won't be tossed and blown away by every wind of new teaching. Uh, we will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever like the, like, and sound like the truth. There's been so many divisions in the church in the last two years over COVID issues. I just want to say it again, and that just grieves my heart. And we can have, we've got to be able to find a way to have different ideas about certain things, about the 2%, and not make that 2% into a 70%, okay? You know, now that we are not wearing masks today in British Columbia, and I, forgive me if you think I'm wrong to say this, but we might need to wear masks in a month from now. We don't know. Sorry. Don't even want to think about it. But anyway, point being is that let's not allow this, this little swatch of cloth to be such a big deal in our lives that we're going to divide over it. It can be hard, and I get it. It's harder for some than for others. 
We need to be patient with one another and caring about how each other feels, but not allow things to divide us. And I'm so grateful. I, I have people in my life, and they feel really different from my, than me. They think about things differently than I do. And they really struggle with some of these things, but it hasn't divided us, and I'm so grateful for that. Others, it has divided us, and I'm so grieved by that. We won't be tossed and blown away by every wind of new teaching. Instead, we will speak the truth in love. This is verse 15. Instead, we'll speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. Now, I, I've pretty much said everything I want to say except one thing, and I want to read to you verse 16. This is a summary this is how to make this work, and this is the results that will come from this happening in our lives. And Paul says, I beg you. The Apostle Paul from prison, he still speaks to us today by the Holy Spirit. I'm begging you, make every effort. God has given gifts that, to help you with this, and we can do this. You have a special gift, so let's do this. All right, ready? Verse 16. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part, each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Amen. Amen. Isn't that good? That's a good portion of Scripture. May I ask, please, I'm begging you, I'm begging you, please. Let's do this together. Can we do that? Amen.